Hey, everybody, coming up on the Matt Townsend Show today. If you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all, right? Great advice for your kids. But how often do you follow it? Insults are fun, you know? When you want to tease someone, it can kind of be a little endearing. And sometimes it's so satisfying to lob a solid insult at someone who deserves it, right? Why do we insult one another and when do we cross the line? We're talking about it after the news with the non-insulting Sam McCall. This is Sam McCall for BYU Radio News. Fast food workers in 60 cities across the nation walked off the job today, demanding $15 per hour and the right to organize into an official union. The move is the latest in a now year-long campaign for higher wages in the service industry. The NFL will pay $765 million to 4,500 plaintiffs claiming the league didn't warn players about the risks of concussions. The effects of concussions have gained national attention in the last several years after at least six former NFL players took their own lives. A new report from the Washington Post based on information from now-fugitive whistleblower Edward Snowden details the U.S. government's $50 billion so-called black budget for the nation's 16 separate intelligence agencies. The CIA gets the largest amount at $14.7 billion for 2013. Legally married same-sex couples can now file their federal income taxes jointly, no matter where they move throughout the country. The decision will also allow same-sex couples to file amended returns for previous years. The 4,000 firefighters battling the massive California wildfire in and around Yosemite National Park are now being joined by a Predator drone in their efforts to control the blaze. The drone will fly 22-hour surveillance missions, the longest ever attempted by a drone over a wildfire. In world news, President Obama and other Western leaders are working to convince lawmakers a strike on Syria is justified and the Syrian regime is behind an apparent chemical weapons attack on civilians. However, now it seems likely any attack will be delayed until U.N. inspectors in Syria finish their investigations this weekend. In response to the looming threat of a Western attack, Syrian army forces are moving several Scud missiles and launchers to protect them from any attack, according to opposition forces. That's the news to the top of the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach. I'm going to call it my life. I'm a life coach. Coaching your life. You're looking at me funny, Sky. Your guide on the side. I was waiting for that one. You know, you smell like a you smell like a chest rub. What's that called? It's called a cough Vapor drop. Vapor ricks. Oh, a cough drop. Yeah, eucalyptus is what you smell like. Do you want one? Yeah. Give him that one. Are we all getting one? We can, we can all partake of my you cough You'd think drops. I'd just be focusing on my intro to the show, but no. Whenever I bring this guy in, you distract me. Okay, now we have some interesting news. Our own Sam McCall, the great news giant that uh, leads us in before every show. We always tease him a little bit. Sometimes we throw a little funny ditties at him. I don't know what we call him. Sam, you there? I call them insults, actually. Okay, well, good. Perfect <laughs> for the show today. Because on the, on the show today, we're talking about insults. But Sam, you're leaving. It's true. Tell us about it. Oh, you know, trying to graduate college and really get a better job than doing your news. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was a, that. My friends was an insult. 
I was working hard on it. We uh, And remember, Sam, we always have the last word on the show. Oh, no, you'll be here later. Um, <laughs> one thing, Sam, so you're going to go, you have a J-O-B, a real job. You're going to go make some real money, leaving the big U and go and make some real money? Not a chance. <laughs> How, when are you done with school? Oh, I have until April. But I have to go work for free for someone before I can graduate. Yeah. So intern's yeah. the name That's of the game. That's how we pay the dues. <laughs> and here's a question for you. Why were you driving a minivan? Oh, well. Because that. That sounds like an insult from over yeah, there. Because just so you know, when I first met you, I think you were um, riding uh, a bullet bike. Oh, yeah. Well, that's true, too. And now Today, that's back in the parking lot. Is it? Are you, Thankfully. Are, are you on that? Oh, yes. Okay. Back again. But what was the deal with the minivan? Oh, my in-laws were in town, and they are scared of their own car okay. in this town. I don't know. Well, I have no idea. But I drove it all week. So okay. Can I just times. give you some advice? Please. When you ride a mini bike, a bullet bike, you need a helmet, okay? When you're in the minivan, you can take the helmet off. <sighs> Says you. Well, well <laughs> that's true. The doors do open on their own. Um, Sam, we're going to miss you. Oh, I'll miss you, too. Do you don't know worry. who's, who's going to take your place? I have no idea. Boy, that's always scary. <laughs> I hope they know the news. Sam, you're the I hope man. they can handle all your great insults. That's what I hope. I don't think we'll insult them. We don't want to hurt people's feelings on this show. Just mine? Yeah. Fair enough. We're going to miss you, Sam I Am. The great Sam I Am. The great <laughs> Dr. Seuss Sam I Am. Fare thee well. Oh, thanks. And, I appreciate it. And good luck in the HOV lane in your mini <laughs> Okay, uh, we're talking insults today. We are going to miss Sam. And it's good to have Skyboy back. Thank you. Where were you? I was sick. So Tell I was at more. my apartment. <laughs> I, okay. So now, when I was sick, my mom made me prove I was sick. So I had to, like, you know, throw something up or show a fever. Did you do the fake puke? I, no. You never did that? No. Okay. My puke was always real. My brother, I think, would sometimes say, yeah, oh, get really? like orange juice and chocolate milk and chips and <laughs> all that kind of stuff and mix it together. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, just so you know, wait, wait, wait. I just had would lunch he, and I don't need to drop it on the floor or in the toilet. I think he'd, uh, I think he'd put it in the toilet and kind of around to make it look more realistic. Good, good, yeah. Good. In the bathroom, though. Sky, I am so sorry for your mother. You guys were messed up. You know what? She always says that it was easier raising my brother and I than it is raising my teenage sisters. Really? She says that the boys were a lot easier. So, But they don't fake sick. You, I mean, your sisters, they're not out faking sick, so that can't be hard. I don't, I don't know about that. <sighs> so you are sick, for real? I am. For Chest real cold? Sick. Is that what we're going through? Yeah, and I had a fever yesterday. Mm, so. Prove it. <laughs> I brought the cough drops. Yeah. That's not enough, <laughs> but I will take one. Thank you. Uh, so today we're talking about insults. Now, um, I a lot of people say, hey, Matt, you're kind of hard on Skyboy. And Do I'm they? like, that little wuss? <laughs> no, um, I'm not hard on Skyboy. I love Skyboy. That's why I'm, I'm trying to create a, a relationship of endearing. I use my beatdowns to endear you to me, Sky. Is it working? I don't think it's working. Doggone it. Isn't it? At all? Not at all. Hmm. I go home home every night and I have to call my mom. Is that why you're sick? No, that's not why I'm sick. I mean, this is is a a daily thing. I have to call my mom to have her console me. Yeah, to bring you back. Yeah. Walk you away from the edge. From all your insults. Does, um, (laughs) because you like the other, the other hosts more than me. Oh yeah. (laughs) Is it because they bring (laughs) food and stuff? They're nice. They, 
you know, they're, yeah, they're, I don't know how to say this, but better looking, better looking. <laughs> okay. Well, Matt, um, you're so ugly. Hello Kitty said goodbye to you. Okay, well, <laughs> here we go. We're starting with the insults, okay? And um, if I didn't know your mother, I'd throw in a your mama joke right there. But I think it's sad that people throw mama under the train. Whoa, that's a movie, isn't that? Throw mama under the train. From the train. Throw mama from the train. Personally, I think it's great to see Sky stand up for himself. It's been yeah. such a one-way been, street. Yeah. Oh, is that, he standing? Uh... I couldn't even notice. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> See, those are insults. So for the listening audience, we're only doing this for you because we know you need some help in knowing what a good insult is. So we've put together a show, an entire show today about insults, and we're going to be bringing on an expert who is, I guess, a master of insult. Is that right, Mara? Yeah, he's a philosopher who oh. has studied the history of insults and also how to respond to that. He wrote, he wrote a book insult. full of insults. Well, do you remember the other day we taught you how to be a better failure? Because <laughs> I now... think how we phrased it. And today we're going to teach you how to, I guess, insult people. Only the most, you know, the highest of qualities do we teach on this show. We're trying to take you to the next level. We didn't I say think. it was a good level. No, but it's and the next some one. Some people are really on a really, really low level. So, Merritt, this guy's not going to just – he's a philosopher. He's going to teach us there's a reason we insult people. And part of it, I'm going to bet, is because we want to show love, like the little kid on the playground that pokes and hurts the little girl that he thinks is cute. That might just be called teasing. I don't okay. know if it would be called insulting. I think I'm teasing. Am I teasing? Does it feel like teasing, Skyboy? So you're telling me you think I look cute because you're teasing me. No, OK. You're right. <laughs> it's an insult. I was insulting him. Nothing cute about it. Mm-mm. Man. I have a million insults, but I can't use them. Actually, I don't. I don't. I'm not good at. I have to make up the insult in the moment. I don't have a lot of canned insults. You do, Bryce. Well, I can no, see no, it no, in no. your face. Well, okay, okay. I do, but they're always like, <laughs> like the worst thing you could possibly say. But you don't. You, but you've already thought about them, so you've written them down, I guess, and you've stored them away in your. Uh, maybe, but someone, you know, if I ever want to do a comeback, I'll be like, and and that's why you have mountains of debt. <laughs> so it's like, I'm like, dude, yeah. whoa, yeah. like, no, 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 yeah. no. So sometimes, sometimes you just, you can't, it's, you can't get it out. You, well, I can't get anything clever yeah. that isn't awful. Okay. Out. See, I can get, that's the funny thing. I have no, I can't give you a, an insult now, but I can find a clever one in the moment. But don't make me bring you a prepackaged insult like you. Have some prepackaged insults that you threw one out about my mama, and you don't even know her. I know I do not know your mom. Why do we make fun of people's mothers when we're insulting people? That's rude. And too often do it wrong. Your mama's so fat; she has mountains of debt. Like, uh, I admit, uh, I, uh, I gotta no, go. I don't see the connection there. Yeah, um, too stressed. <sighs> it's horrible. You guys, we're doing a show on insults and. I don't know. I just feel bad because Sky just you know made fun of me. I don't. Even, I've lost my my. Mojo, I'm sorry, Joe. Whatever we call it, I'm Matt. I don't even care what other people say about you. I still think you're a nice person. Okay, let's talk about <laughs> that for a minute. Um, that's an example of people trying to give you a compliment, but instead a backhanded compliment, which is a problem. Now, Merritt, he he didn't even know that you had. But Merritt found an article on people trying. 
to compliment, I guess. Yeah, that was the most brilliant segue <laughs> that I think we've ever had. And that, you know, again, just amazing for all the listeners. Sky never knows what we're doing. Today, no Rob told me. Rob, I'm not, no, Rob. Me do, I don't mean to insult you. <laughs> but he never knows what we're doing, but you just knew right then. That is exactly what we're talking about. How you tried it. I, I didn't know we were going into that. And, so. Well, of course you yeah. didn't. You yeah. don't come to our meetings. I mean, just saying. It makes you wonder. I'd go to your meetings if there's anything worth going there for. Oh, there's another one. <laughs> okay. So good. We're learning. Are you all out there in listener land learning? Sky, you're better at this than I thought. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I never would have thought you could have thought these things through. Oh, now you're drinking. Yeah, I thought Merritt was going to. Uh, does engineering know you're drinking? In here? I, I put up the perfect segue and you're not okay. taking it. So you're okay, Merritt, I can take the segue The backhanded compliment, which Sky just backhanded. gave us two well, illustrations yeah, of. There, I mean, lots of compliments can leave a lot yeah. to be desired. Yeah. Um, so we can like break the backhanded compliment into lots of little so subcategories. Okay, so. Like the ambiguous compliment. Let's hear it. The ambiguous compliment, which is. You don't say anything clear enough so that it's actually a compliment. Okay. Or you phrase things completely wrong. The example used in the article is, so say we went, we had dinner, Matt, and yeah. you made it for us. Yeah. And I said, Matt, a good meal for me was a rare treat. Oh. See, that's so yeah. rude. See, it was kind of meant nicely. Yeah. Like that wasn't half bad. Yeah, it didn't turn out that great. Okay. Well, so what? what is it? Is it that... Matt is bad <laughs> at providing food, or are you? Have you just never, or, or is he a cheapskate? Hmm. Yeah, well, let's not keep using that <laughs> example. Let's get another one. Well, I, I remember going to Chinatown once, the only time I've ever been, and I picked a Chinese restaurant and I ate, and I thought the food was good. And I turned to a buddy of mine and I said, "Hey, the food was a lot better than I expected." <laughs> See, backhanded. Well, I didn't mean it to be. Yeah. But yeah, but that's rude. Yeah, you can't use like qualifiers and compliments. Uh-uh. So if you ever use the word "actually," yeah, it turns a, out really. Bad. Give us that example. You had a your brother had a friend. My that brother had yeah. He had a he had a friend, a roommate, someone he couldn't get away from. Yeah. Who always used the word "actually" and "even" when he was giving compliments, and he didn't seem to know that this was a bad idea. <laughs> but he would say things like, "We're we're all really funny on this show, even Bryce." Like. <laughs> Even Bryce pulls one out once in a while. You're all very welcome. <laughs> See, that's good. I got to write that one down. And actually, how does actually, that fit? So, Matt, you actually showed up today on time and you're doing a good job, actually. Why didn't you use Sky on that one? He's over there sniffling. He's got like. He's, he's literally nose. drowning in mucus. That's what he's doing. Yeah. Slowly drowning. Can hardly wait. Um, that was another insult. Um, so, actually, we shouldn't be using like actually. Yeah, yeah, don't use actually, and don't use even. Actually, your ma- your mother in law is not as as obnoxious as you made her sound. Here, here's another example oh. from from the source itself. The was source. that? Yeah, my brother heard his friend say this. Was he said it to a group of girls? You all look so beautiful, even you. <laughs> Mary, like abandon ship, run <laughs> away. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, see, these are good. Like, yeah, like if, I if I had been especially, yeah, but yeah, yeah, especially you, Stacy. I would have so in that situation if he had said that. I would have sprinted in the other direction. Be like, I'm not sticking around for that mess. Yeah. No, no, no. That's no, what everyone's no like, way. oh, what do they call that face? What do they call it when you offend somebody? 
Face plant? No, like... No. Face palm? No. No. I blew it by saying face. <laughs> I don't know. Because now you're like, face? In Facebook? your face? Is it Facebook? Is it in your face? No, it's kind of like, ooh, diss. Psych. It's like diss or psych. Oh, I don't diss. know. Diss. That works. Burn. 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 Maybe not. <laughs> Fell. I don't know. Um, okay, give us some more rules on... Because uh, I really want to get good at this before yeah, the show's over. Good at I, this. I think that the point is to like prevent, but... Oh. Yeah. Oh, is that what we're doing? Maybe. Well, would somebody uh, get that memo to Skyboy? Matt, I don't even think you know what the show's about when you come in. I don't think it's just me. I do know what it's about. Well, you sure don't act. By like. the time we start the show, I pretty much know what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> and then after the tease, we have the news, then you really do. Yeah. Well, usually, yeah. Once we have that extra minute and a half during the news, then we really hammer it out. I don't think you really get it until this first section of the show's over. Well, that's where I kind of just – I like to let it run away, and then that way I know where it's gone. Where it's not supposed to go. Uh-huh. And then I go the, the exact opposite direction. Gotcha. Pretty smart. Sky, quiet. <laughs> Keep going, Merritt. Okay. Don't let Other types him of interrupt you. Other types of compliments gone okay. wrong. The, the too frequent compliment. When you use the compliment so often that it's just kind of a filler instead yeah. of actually meaning Give anything. Give me one of those because, yeah, I like that one. I use that a lot. You use that a lot? Like you're incredible. <laughs> You're incredible. I always say interesting. I always say it on the show. Interesting. Interesting is ambiguous. Yeah. I'll just be like, "You're the best." Yeah, you you're aren't. the best. It's whenever I say that, you aren't. Good job. Nope. Okay, give me another one. Um, envious compliments. So when you say something, oh. but it's really, you kind of just want that quality. So I'd give anything to have yeah. abs like you. That's just, what Sky said to me. Just a morning. little like serial killer ish yeah. in there. Uh huh. Yeah. Are you gonna eat all your food? I'd give anything to have the rest of your food. Okay, here's another one. Um, it's complimenting the wrong set of qualities. So, for example, <laughs> if you are trying on clothes, like say you go shopping yeah. and you're trying on clothes and you're like, hey, you look really great in that. That's a good color for you. But if you're working on something, if you're working diligently on something, it's not exactly the right time. To say it. Yeah. Like give it. Like if you're working on... Losing weight, I guess. If you're working on that waistline, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or like, a cu- like, hey, you can hardly tell you have a gut. That dress makes your heart. <laughs> that may that dress hides your gut. Whenever I brought girls over to my house when I was in high school that I liked, my dad would always say, "Oh, like to her or to me, oh, Skylar, her nose isn't that big." Something like that. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> so that happened like once, and then you'd never oh. bring her back. Yeah, she'd never come back. Well, that I, explains a lot, though. I think she realized it was a joke. I hope so. Your dad just insulted people. And here's here's one last one last that one. we can leave off on. Is the, if you say anything in a condescending tone of voice, it's immediately an insult, not a compliment. Really? Yeah, just think about that. Matt, mm. you're doing such a good job today. Thank you, though. That felt good, actually. Oh, you're being kind of condescending. Okay, I get it now. <laughs> Sky, I'm so proud of you and all the work you do. It's just amazing you can pull through like this with so little brain power. Wow. <laughs> oh, shoot. See, that was <laughs> I was trying to sneak it in there. Did that, did that sound condescending? No, it actually sounded... That didn't sound condescending to me. How come you're so nasally? It's because I'm sick. Okay. There's my proof. Well, that makes sense. 
We're talking insults on the show, folks. We're going to actually dial it back, and no, we're not going to. We're going to go the rest of the show without insulting anybody, even Bryce. Why? After this, we're going to. We're going to. No, no. Insult someone? No, no. You're or good. you're we're not going to insult? No, we're totally good. Okay. We're good. This is the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. It's the next step beyond virtual reality, putting the simulation in a real plane and flying it. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. Flight simulators are nothing new, and even the ones you might play with at home are fairly realistic today. But there's still a gap between what it feels like to be in a chair on the ground and being in the air for real. NASA's Dryden Flight Research Center has been working with Systems Technology Incorporated on the next step, not just in flight simulation, but in adding virtual overlays to real-world perceptions. They call it fused reality, where a computer simulation reads the plane's motions in real time, sees the same world you do, and adds to that reality with matching virtual environments and data displays. What's fused reality good for? It can save a lot of money while improving training and safety. For example, a pilot can practice mid-air refueling in the air with a virtual tanker in his windshield instead of the real thing. He'll see and feel everything exactly as if the tanker was there in any kind of conditions, but without the danger or expense of flying the tanker. Someday, commercial pilots could be using fused reality to guide them into foggy airports. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Ron Simpson is a music veteran who knows an awful lot about the record industry. There are music opportunities galore for both local and national bands, for singer-songwriters, for solo keyboard or guitar players. And on the other end of the spectrum, you can even hear the strains of chamber music or a full symphony orchestra. The Tantera Hour, weekdays at 8 a.m. Eastern, right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today, we are taking on insults. In our first, uh, our first um, segment there, we were just trying to show you how to insult people. So we highlighted the relationship between Skyboy and myself. And not a good example, but we're trying to fix it. Uh, we're now going to our own Bryce Tobin. And Bryce has... Uh, now, Bryce, you, you seem very skilled in the art of... Um, I don't know, insulting people. Look, there's a right way and there's a wrong way to do everything. And so you've gone and studied it, and this is, I guess, a list of the wrong ways? Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is The Bryce's Right. One of my most important personal rules is never be that guy. It's a little vague, but that's intentional. Every social situation has these archetypes that people can fall into. Think about the board game Clue. The reason why those characters are so doable is because those kinds of people always show up to a party. Except for the murdering part. If that's happening, I'm pretty sure you're doing parties wrong. But the point of the rule is to know the cliches and avoid them at all costs. Be someone worth talking about, not someone worth comparing to. So when it comes to tossing around insults, don't be that guy. A little quip and a jab can be fun. It can break the ice. But at any gathering, there's always someone who just does it so wrong. 
The first wrong move is thinking it's okay to toss out any insult as long as you toss in a compliment before or after. Something like, your hair looks great, but maybe you should have dyed your nasty black eyebrows in the same visit so we wouldn't know how fake your hair is. Careful now. See, this doesn't work because all they heard was how awful you think their eyebrows look. This brings up the second wrong move. Don't go too far. If at any point while loading that insult you think, is that a little bit too much? Yes, the answer to that is yes. Because ultimately you don't have to say it and it's not worth the risk. Avoid anything sensitive like their looks, their employment status, the health of their relatives, or their intelligence. In fact, a good rule of thumb is to never make fun of things that people can't immediately change about themselves. Chances are that's something they're sensitive about because if they could change it, they would have already. Also, if you feel the need to say, hey man, learn to take a joke. Not only have you gone too far, but you've just rubbed everyone in the room the wrong way, and they all want you to leave. This is the third wrong move, so once that phrase leaves your lips, do everyone a favor and make your exit. Fourth wrong move is picking on someone. Some people are easy to make fun of. They almost walk around with targets all over their back. Don't give in to the temptation to stick to one person. Even if they're mostly harmless insults, if you're only going after one person, that gets old quick. It's the easiest way to alienate someone and to make a group of people want you to stop. This can also happen unintentionally. Let's say Jeff is there and his current girlfriend is the girl you were trying to date. And let's face it, you spent the past three weeks analyzing everything that's wrong with him. Well, when you showed up to the party, you showed up with a few cases of ammunition that are just itching to be used. Once again, don't give in. As it is with jokes, so it is with insults. Once you get a good one in, stop. For the love of all that is holy, please stop. If you've managed to navigate the minefield of conditions that make for a harmless insult, don't ruin it by letting your newfound sense of accomplishment wrongly encourage you to keep going. This is the fifth and most crucial mistake to avoid. So please, don't be that guy who's bad at insulting. Nobody likes that guy. Alright, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. Excellent job. You're like a pro. I, I've spent years trying to perfect the uh, social insult. You need to know when to hold them and when to fold them. See, that's poker. That's different. Okay. I don't like poker metaphors. I don't know if I... <laughs> oh, man. Would have been good to know. I'm, I'm a bad American. You that's need to make a like list of all the things you don't want us to say. <laughs> Um, it's also interesting. Don't don't point or don't try to joke about something someone can't change. Yeah, that's always. It's like the obvious joke. It kind of yeah. Like wow, that's some halitosis you got there. Yeah. Like woo. oh come on. Like yeah. Yeah, we all could smell it. We all could. Yeah. It was bad. All right, yeah. but. Yeah, you don't need to. He's got he's got gum. He's chewing on some mints. He's trying. All right. <laughs> okay, we got to quit beating up Skyboy. <laughs> I mean, sure, he's got halitosis, chronic, but we got to quit beating him up. I thought this was the point where you're going to bring in my red hair. Oh, no, I love it. Actually, no, actually, that's a very good example. Like, he can't really not be. Well, he a could redhead. comb it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think that would make it worse. The entire no, half I actually inch like of your it. red hair. I think, yeah, I, I see that as a huge advantage. I think that's what actually lifts you up to a whole new level. Wow. Yeah. That was, I don't know how to take that. <laughs> now, if I was going to insult you, I'd say it's your face that drives me crazy. But see, that would be rude. Yeah. But you also can't fix that. You can't fix it. But see, that's the deal. See, we insult and then it's offensive. But we're just trying to endear you to us. Mm-hmm. Did that? Do you feel endeared? Uh, no. Okay. Well, we tried. I don't know how to endear. I don't have any tips on that. Don't you? Well, we've got an expert coming on. Oh, and he's going to actually teach us why we do this. You know there's reasons why we do stuff. 
Maybe because humans are awful creatures? No. No? It's not just because we're awful. We that's are. given. But. But we're also good people. And some of this is just, you know, we've, we're trying to, we try to endear. We're trying to, like, get hierarchy, status. We're trying to have our positioning. Like Skyboy and I are always battling for who's got more power. Who's going to be the host? He's got the buttons, <laughs> but I have the host title. I could always turn your mic off. You always yeah. could. And I can always scream to Don to come get you. Take you out to the shed. Yeah. Shed you a bit. I don't think that would work. That wouldn't work. <laughs> um, we're talking today insults, my friends, and we've got a great guest coming up. Dr. William B. Irvin is going to join us, professor of philosophy at Wright State University. He actually has uh, has been studying insults and, in fact, uh, more recently wrote a book called A Slap in the Face, Why Insults Hurt and Why They Shouldn't. He's going to be teaching us about insults, you know, how to maybe remove the sting a little bit. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. On Thinking Aloud, we talk with the most influential, inspiring, and educated minds about the ideas and theories behind their work. A tailor is an artist. Someday I hope to have uh, a tailor come into the Leonardo Museum where I now work and do a residency as a as an artist because the the conceptualization of a suit is fabulous. Thinking Aloud with host Marcus Smith will be airing at a new time starting September 1st. Catch it weekdays at 9 p.m. Eastern. This is Sam McCall for BYU Radio News. President Obama and other Western leaders are working to convince lawmakers and the United Nations Security Council a strike on Syria is justified based on the apparent use of chemical weapons by regime forces. However, now it seems any attack will be delayed at least until U.N. inspectors in Syria finish their investigations this weekend. A new report from the Washington Post based on information from now fugitive whistleblower Edward Snowden details the U.S. government's $50 billion so-called black budget for the nation's 16 separate intelligence agencies. The CIA gets the largest amount at $14.7 billion for 2013. Attorney General Eric Holder announced today the Justice Department is not going to try and block Washington State and Colorado from legalizing marijuana for recreational use. The new guidelines urge federal prosecutors to focus on large-scale operations. The NFL will pay $765 million to 4,500 plaintiffs claiming the league didn't warn players about the risks of concussions. The effects of concussions have gained national attention in the last several years after at least six former NFL players took their own lives. Fast food workers in 60 cities across the nation walked off the job today, demanding $15 per hour and the right to organize into an official union. The move is the latest in a now year-long campaign for higher wages in the service industry. Legally married same-sex couples can now file their federal income taxes jointly, no matter where they move throughout the country. The decision will also allow same-sex couples to file amended returns for previous years. The 4,000 firefighters battling the massive California wildfire in and around Yosemite National Park are now being joined by a Predator drone in their efforts to control the blaze. The drone will fly 22-hour surveillance missions, the longest ever attempted by a drone over a fire. That's the news to half past the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. 
Now everything that we say to each other is like we're second guessing. Because like I'm like, Sky, you ready, pal? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, you're going to be great. See, I was, I was more uncomfortable when you told me that. You're like, you're going to do yeah. great, Skyler. I know. That's just weird coming from you. Well, I know. I'm just trying to, though, show you love. I'm not. See, but because of my previous insults. Maybe you shouldn't try to show anyone love. Well, I want to show you love because I want the show to go well. And I want the board to run fluidly. Can boards run fluidly? Under your fingertips, they totally can. Anywho, that's me trying to make up for all of the previous insults. See, I'm trying to help. <laughs> There's been so many insults, Matt. I guess I can't fix it in you one can't day. Fix it in one day, unless I, we have our guest help us. Mm. William B. Irvin is joining us. Doctor William B. Irvin. He's a professor of philosophy at Wright State University in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, Dr. Irvin has um, a Ph.D. in philosophy from UCLA. He describes himself as a 21st century Stoic. Among the books he has written are A Guide to a Good Life, The Ancient Art of Stoic Joy, and more recently the book A Slap in the Face, Why Insults Hurt and Why They Shouldn't. Both of those are from Oxford University Press. You can find them at William B. Irvin, now Irvin, spelled Irvine, dot com. But go check them out there. Dr. Irvin, thanks so much for being with us. Hey, uh, pleasure to be on your show, Matt. You bet. And we have been just offending each other left and right. And we do that for the people to listen to. So now that you come on, you can help fix us. Because insults, uh, apparently it's not a new art, is it? No, insults have been around uh, as far as written records have been around. But, you know, when you say you you, uh, insult other people... There are two ways that can go. There are the the mean, malicious insults. Yeah, that's what Sky was doing. What I call unsults, and and this is a, a kind of benign teasing. And in fact, uh, particularly this is true if you're a guy. Some of your closest relationships can involve an ongoing stream of insults. Oh, it's one way to cow. relate to another person. That's what we're doing, Doc. Unsults. Is that what that's called? That's what I call them. We've I've made a whole living around those. Oh, good. But part of it is because Skyboy and I, we call him Skyboy. He's really an adult male. Um, but he's he runs our board here, and we just tease each other all the time. But it's really, so you're saying it's kind of, it's not as insulting as it is like a camaraderie? What is it that's happening? It's a, a kind of a male bonding thing. Uh, they're called teasing relationships. Yes. Uh, I have a few myself, you know, ha- having uh, thought very carefully about insults. Um, it's it's one way a relationship can form much more common among uh, men than um, among women, and you're kind of expected in that relationship to uh, to have these 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 gentle insults, and the person's expected to insult you back. In fact, if if they insult you and you don't respond with an insult, they're going to think that that maybe something's wrong with you. That yes. maybe you're not feeling well, or you lost your job. Because <laughs> um, that's what the uh, that's what the relationship consists in. I it's so interesting. I've done that my whole life. Now, is what what happens if like you're really just better at it than the person you're insulting, and they maybe you're just so over their head. Maybe this is a subtle insult, but you're so good at it that they don't even know you're insulting them. Um, well, but there comes a point at which uh, you know you should certainly cut back uh, insulting tendencies, and and you know that whole notion of of having an insult that is so wonderfully, deliciously complicated that the person is clueless. At yeah. some point or other, it be, it becomes um, 
you know, uh, uh, a, a bad technique for building social relations. Well, yeah, because you're blindsiding them now. Friends. Yeah. yeah. Tell me about why that's interesting that because the word you use was teasing. And a lot of times you don't hear guys that even use the word teasing. Hey, I was just teasing. We're just teasing. But it, but it's kind of more um, – I kind of see it like sparring, right? So you kind of are sparring intellectually. Yeah, between t- uh, two people of a certain type. I yeah. mean, you have in history, you have these classic examples of people who would uh, engage in repartee, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, George Bernard Shaw and Winston Churchill. Uh, who would simply go at, at each other, and they both did it. it it's the intellectual equivalent of tennis, mm-hmm. and they were equally matched players. So it wasn't uh, regarded as malicious. It was just regarded uh, for them as a kind of uh, sport, yeah, uh, an intellectual sport. And I guess like anything, you can take it all too far. You can take anything too far. And, uh, you know, you, so you have to consider who... Who the source, uh, who who the target is, and you know there are some people who are just very very susceptible to insults, and they'll take it all personally. Yeah. So with those people, uh, you you have to walk on eggshells, as it were, and be very very careful uh, about what you say, or they or they will take umbrage. Uh, and you know the worst thing is you get hurt feelings. Oh yeah. They're very just horrible to inflict on anybody. You can do so accidentally. And it's just it's just awful. It's also interesting. It's in context, too, isn't it? I mean, like we can be bantering back and forth and because nobody knows what happens off air. And then um, but it, it, when other people are in the room and they hear what you're saying, they are going to maybe even misinterpret or misjudge the insult. So, I mean, it's an interesting dynamic because there's even a lot of uh, just context and, you know, backstories on all of them. Yeah, it's incredibly complicated as a, a social device. Uh, plays an important social role, but the rules uh, could not be written down. They're they're sufficiently complicated. Hmm. Is there an equivalent for the female? Um, w- women, uh, I think, uh, they can be very insulting, usually in a, in a different way. Uh, and again, I'm, I'm generally yeah. here, but. The idea of a kind of the, the catty kind of insult or the behind-the-back insult um, um, is is quite possible. Uh, guys, it's more the frontal assault insult where you know you just say some uh, disparaging remark right yeah. to someone in in uh, sporting events. You know the whole idea of trash talking, uh-huh. which besides being entertaining for whoever's doing it potentially has uh you know a psychological effect on the opponent and can and can help you win yeah you want to get in their brain don't you yep, start playing yep. with them and and make them think about what you're saying instead of uh, think about uh, their their own game isn't that interesting because uh, when you think too about the history so how many how many wars have there been and it all maybe started with a little light banter of uh just a little back and forth what's some of the history of insults like what do, what do you see and what are some of the more fam- famous insults you've seen um, I mean, I've, in writing this book, first of all, this isn't a book of insults. It's yeah. a book about insults. Yeah, you've got to use this insult. Right. But, but, I mean, I, I read every book of insults I could get my hands on uh, in doing the research for it and, and came up with a, a lot of um, 
fun and interesting insults. So again, I'm kind of of two minds on this. I, I, I want to simultaneously discourage my readers from, right. from being insulting people, but there's just a lot of really great insults out there. <laughs> uh, you know, and some of them, the, the best ones involve repartee, and Winston Churchill was a master of repartee. So uh, at one point, uh, George Bernard Shaw, the playwright, uh, sent Churchill two tickets for the opening night. Uh, performance of one of his plays, and he sent with the tickets a note to Winston Churchill that said, bring a friend if you have one, <laughs> which is an insult. And then the, the beauty of it is Churchill replied that he had other commitments for that night and therefore couldn't attend, but that Shaw, Shaw should send him tickets for the second performance if there was one. Uh, <laughs> and, and it's just brilliant. You that know? is so and, great. Um, yeah, and uh, it takes real wit and intelligence to be able to do that. Yeah. And another one, uh, kind of similar vein, at a dinner party, uh, Nancy Astor said to Churchill, Winston, if I were married to you, I'd put poison in your coffee. And Churchill somewhat famously replied, Nancy, if you were my wife, I'd drink it. <laughs> I love it. You know what? Uh, isn't that... That's just cute. Yeah, fun stuff. <laughs> I mean, really, like, that's... It, it, do we know more about the relationship between George Bernard Shaw and um, Winston Churchill? I mean, were they tight? Were they... Were, did they hang out and... Were they homeboys, Guy wants to know? Uh, I don't know if they would, would hang out, but, I mean, if you were um, of a certain level in British society at that time, you were expected to kind of have this public persona, and people sort of expected that when great people got into a, a the same room at the same time, there'd be some kind of fireworks mm. uh, going on. And if you've ever watched, for instance, uh, you know, in the parliament, the British parliament, yeah. has the debates. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that whole business of, of just uh, prizing uh, someone's ability to think fast and think on their feet. Uh, m- most American politicians simply wouldn't have a chance <laughs> in Britain. You know, reading not to be insulting, but it's totally true or whatever. Yeah. You know, and and they don't have the ready response. But in Britain, that sort of thing is valued. I I love that. Um, as you as you kind of think about this, like right when you were just sitting there saying what uh, Churchill had said back and what George Bernard Shaw had said, I'm thinking at the end of that letter, there would have to be like a little emoticon smiley face. I doubt it. You know, it's so I mean, so nowadays would, we're they, like they didn't have them back then. And I just yeah. can't imagine Winston Churchill doing an emoticon. No. I, you, know, <laughs> you, you can't, can't even fathom it, can you? Yeah, yeah, it's just so powerful that um, I mean, what a great yeah repartee is probably just the yeah. perfect word for it. Um, now there are different kinds of insults. I mean, th- these guys were, I guess, this was just repartee. What yeah. are some other kinds of insults that you've found in the research that you see out there? Again, not trying to get everyone really effective at insulting, but what are the different types of insults you see? Um, one of the most interesting, I mean, t- t- to me, the most interesting form of insult, just because of its subtlety and its deviousness, is what I call a secondhand insult. And, and in order to explain that, I mean, the setup, first, you have to know what a behind-the-back insult is, and that's when I insult you, but I, uh, I do it to someone else. 
Oh. So I would say, you know that, Matt, and then I'd, I'd unleash some <laughs> um, some insult. Yeah. It would all be behind your back. Um, then this next thing, and that is the secondhand insult, the person I insulted you to has the option of going to you and reporting my insult. And so oh, the question is, why would they do that? Uh, one of the reasons might be to protect you, you know, to say, well, Bill Irvin has is, is, is really been attacking you and, and you have to be careful. But another reason they could do that is simply that it's a free lunch yeah. as far as insults Smackdown. go. Yeah. yeah, the person can inflict the pain on you without being the source of the insult. Now, that's just uh, devilish. Why? Yeah. Yeah, well, see, and it's, it's, so it's got what the CIA calls plausible deniability, you, you know, if, if someone says, hey, yeah. hey, you know, did you do this? Uh, favorite example of that, uh, there's an entertainer, writer, musician, um, star, movie star named Oscar Levant, uh, who said, uh, I never have to read bad reviews because my friends invariably tell me about them. <laughs> Um, and that's true, by the way. <laughs> that is um, so good. Yeah. That is so good. So that's just this little backhanded – I mean, and we see this in our families a lot too, right? Like, yeah, mom, Stacy says you're, she'd come to Thanksgiving dinner, but your turkey's dry. Yeah. I and, mean, it's and, just you so – know, The deeper question is whether, whether when we do that, whether we're consciously trying to inflict pain or whether we don't even realize – uh, kind of the game, the social game that mm. we're playing. Yeah, we may be trying to endear ourselves to them, saying, "Hey, I'm an, I'm an, I'm, I'm allied to you. I'm your friend. Don't, yep. yeah, I'm, I'm telling you the secrets. So trust yep. me." Huh. It's really devious, yeah. and and just think of all of the brain power that humanity has has spent, kind of coming up with that. Yeah, uh, this this insidious weapon in the war of words. Wow! No wonder you studied this. Uh, well, it was fun. Uh, it I was bet. Fun, uh, fun researching. And then the other thing was it was fun just watching the world around me and watching uh, how people uh, interact with each other, not only in terms of insults, but in terms of self-promotion. You yeah. know, there's this whole social hierarchy game people play. That's really fascinating to watch. And and then to watch yourself play it yeah. is a stranger still. Oh, man. Dr. Bill Irvin's talking to us here about um, insults and kind of the history and, and just the nuances of the put-downs that we do with each other. We're learning a lot. When we come back, we're going to give you some more ideas on how to respond to the insult, the comeback. We'll talk about it after the break. This is the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. Can you find the broken wire in a 10-mile bundle in five seconds? How NASA Tech is making you safer every day. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. There are miles of wiring inside a modern aircraft or spacecraft, branching, connecting, intertwining, hundreds of cables, thousands of connectors, and you can count on every one of them to be solid when you take an airplane or helicopter ride, submerge a sub, or fly into space. But how do you know when a wire has a small crack in it somewhere in all those miles of cable? Well, the old way could tell you if a wire was cut or broken, but not where on those miles of cable the break was. Pedro Medellius from NASA's Kennedy Space Center faced that problem on the space shuttle, and his invention turned a two-man, eight-hour helicopter wiring testing job into a one-man, 45-minute task saving the government millions. 
Pedro's method shoots a radio pulse down the wire listening for an echo. The echo indicates a problem, and timing the speed of the echo gives you its location within inches, all in just five seconds. Pedro's device is now licensed to Eclipse International, which now sells the equipment worldwide to airliners and other key tech customers. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Thank you for visiting the Practically Perfect Nanny Service. I understand you have some very special qualifications for your new nanny. Yes, we do. First of all, she must have a cheery disposition, rosy cheeks, and no warts. She must be one who takes us on outings, gives us treats, sings songs, and of course, brings sweets. I see. Why would anyone accept this position? We will never give her cause to hate us. We won't hide her spectacles so she can't see. And we'll never put toads in her bed or pepper in her teeth. I have the perfect nanny for you. She'll be arriving by umbrella on the east wind every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at Tuacon Amphitheater in southern Utah. You haven't seen Disney's Mary Poppins until you've seen it with a spoonful of Tuacon magic. Purchase tickets online at tuacon.org or call 855-TUACON. Expect the unforgettable. Only at Tuacon. Welcome back, everybody, to the hoedown we call Matt Townsend Show. There's some new music for you. I haven't heard that one. That's the hoedown music. We're going to call that the hoedown music. Uh, holy cow! Of the what are we? Are we in the D block? That's the D block. Hoedown. Wow. That just brings back memories, man. Of like I don't know, playing a video game, chasing a caterpillar or something all over the. Screen. Today we're talking about insults. And again, our job is never to get you really to be effective people insulting one another. But our goal really is to, to help you understand a little bit more about it. Who better to do that than a college professor of philosophy who has studied it and, uh, and taken it deep? Dr. William B. Irvin is joining us, Ph.D. professor of philosophy at Wright State University in Dayton, Ohio. He received his Ph.D. in philosophy from UCLA, describes himself as a 21st century Stoic, and among the books that he's written are A Guide to a Good Life, The Ancient Art of Stoic Joy, and more recently the book A Slap in the Face, Why Insults Hurt and Why They Shouldn't, both from Oxford University Press. You can find him at William uh, B. Irvine, spelled Irvine, I-R-V-I-N-E, dot com. Uh, Irvin is how he pronounces his name. Dr. Irvin, thank you for coming back. I'm still here. I love it. Um, this is such a fun topic for me because... Uh, we're discussing something that everybody does. I guess, are we socialized? And, and we'll probably get into this deeper as we go through it. Is this, are we socialized into this kind of insulting repartee? Or is it, uh, is it, is it kind of just a natural thing we do? How do we come about knowing how to do it? Because like you said, there's so many rules and the rules can't actually all be, you know, delineated. I think we, we learn by watching other people. Some people are, are good at it. Some people are are not good at it. Um, that said, the desire 
to respond somehow to an insult, I think, is, is wired into us. Oh, we want to stand our, up, don't we? Yeah, our, our evolutionary past, it hurts when you hear somebody trying to put you down in the social hierarchy. Um, uh, it can actually hurt you worse than if they come up and slugged you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's curious that that should be the case. Hold on, now, why is that? Because this is the sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. But, so why, why would it actually be more harmful? Um, do you feel well, i mean i you know it, and again i'm gonna i'm gonna get into evolutionary theory yeah. here but um your ancestors on the savannas of africa a hundred thousand years ago uh number one if they were solitary individuals if they didn't feel the need for human companionship they died because uh you know they oh, had, yeah you know it, they it's, didn't it's incorporate yeah. on in those circumstances and then the second thing, once they did join a group of people and make themselves part of a group of people, then they started caring about their social status within that group because those with high social status uh, probably had better chance to eat and a better chance to mate than those with low social status. So people who cared about it were more likely to survive and reproduce than people who were indifferent to it. Interesting, yeah. And we've inherited their genes so so the wiring is still within us is uh i guess is a form of this sarcasm is is that kind of part of what you're seeing here is it is it humor or is it because it almost i just remember and i don't even know if this is true but uh this idea of wit because i mean there's humor and you can just be dirty and talk dirty and make people laugh but wit just seems like kind of a more intellectual form of the put down and it seems like kind of what a lot of what the examples you've been giving us, a lot of it's fairly heady. Yeah, it, uh, a lot of it is subtle. I mean, think think about things like this. You can uh, you can insult something not by anything you do, but by what you fail to do. Mm-hmm. If you extend your hand to shake mine, and I don't extend my hand back, um, you're going to feel uh, quite insulted. You can insult somebody in the act of trying to praise them if you praise them for the wrong thing. And yeah. it can be a sincere praise, and you can think you're praising them, <laughs> uh, and they can take uh, offense at that. Um, it's just it's a minefield. But, but we do acquire an ability to, uh, to, to tell, to judge what sorts of things will and won't insult somebody else. Even then, sometimes we put our foot in our mouth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, out come, come some words that, that, in fact, are very painful when it's the very last thing we intended. Well, and it seems like, too, um, kind of this, I don't know what you call it, the social consciousness of what to say and what not to say is constantly evolving. So you might have, it seems like, you know, a grandfather at a wedding say something about the bride that you just don't say, Grandpa. That right. used, you could say that 30 years ago, Grandpa. We don't say that now. Right. Uh, the, the terminology has changed. Uh, the standards of what does and doesn't count as an insult have changed. It's all, it's all an evolving game. Uh, and, and, of course, I haven't kept up uh, on it. But, but, I mean, you know, now to, uh, if somebody presents you with um, a painting they've done and you describe it as being truly sick, I guess that now comes awesome. as a, as a yeah. compliment. You it's know? the bomb. <laughs> there was a, there was a time when that wasn't true though. Yeah. Isn't it um it, it seems like an insult is up to the interpreter. 
Yeah, if if you, I mean, a, a really sensitive uh, person can take almost anything as an insult. Um, so so there is a sense in which the insult is in the eye of the person who's received it. Mm. Uh, and like I said, you can be trying to praise this other person, and yet uh, you can cause them pain in the process of doing so. Is and, and so I guess talk about that a little bit because we're, we're in a very sensitive time uh, culture and a lot of people you know have the bully pulpit and a lot of people are offended so because uh, one of the things you mentioned is sometimes the comeback and like you're talking about the fact that we're wired for the comeback we're wired to kind of defend our honor um, talk about that is there is there a more effective way to respond than others how how, how does one prepare a response to an insult um, in the book, I consider all you know, a bunch of different ways in which you could respond to an insult. Some of them require high degree of intelligence, you know, repartee, for instance. Yeah. Um, but what I come away uh, recommending is the advice given by the ancient Stoic philosophers, and that is that you should uh, try to become uh, what I call an insult pacifist. So if somebody insults you, what should you do in response? absolutely nothing. You should carry on as if nothing had been said. Hmm. Um, and, you know, at first, well, I mean, in other words, you're fighting your basic impulse. Oh, yeah, you got to crush something him. Or yeah. do something. But, but it actually, and I've been experimenting it with it in uh, recent years, it actually can be a really incredibly effective thing to do. Because at first, the person will think, well, well maybe he didn't hear what I said. Yeah, I'm going to say it louder. <laughs> Yeah, and then and then you say, yeah, actually, I I heard you the first time, but I I don't do insults, sorry. And then you carry on Jeez. as if nothing had happened. Yeah. Uh, and notice the idea of insult pacifism to to engage in successful repartee, you have to be really bright and quick witted. You have to be be able to think on your feet. Right. And, uh, most people can't do that. And you know the other thing that happens is uh, if you feel compelled to respond to an insult. You know what? If if it takes you overnight to come up with a response, and you walk up the next day <laughs> yeah. and say, "You know that thing you said to me? You know well, what? Yeah. Here's here's what I say in response. That's just pathetic, <laughs> yeah. right? Fail. Um, but even a person in a coma can practice insult pacifism, uh, and it really is an effective um, way to deal with insults. Uh, effective in in multiple respects. And if you feel absolutely compelled to say something when insulted, uh, then the next bit of advice would be to engage in self-deprecating humor. Oh, there you go, yeah. So what you do is you insult yourself even better than yeah. they just insulted you. You hardly know me. Let me tell you what my problems really are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, or, or that thing you said, that, that defect you pointed out about me. Well, the truth <laughs> of the matter is that wouldn't even make my top five list of personal defects. And and it it really is a devastating thing because they hit you with what they thought was their best punch, and you turned it into a joke. So so the best way isn't to just say insult their mother. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> okay, I'm just uh, trying to get it from the professional. Yeah, yeah. Now here's here's one other interesting psychological wrinkle about self-deprecating humor. It actually helps you uh, helps you avoid becoming angry. Because in that instant after their insult, instead of you kind of probing your own depths and thinking, how have I been hurt by this? 
Instead, you're using all those neurons mm-hmm. to try to think of a clever, self-deprecating response. And, and it's just enough time. You know, people say count to 10 right yeah. before you do yeah. It's kind of like that. It is. You're you're distracted for that key moment, and then you come out with uh, your own self-deprecating humor and and maybe laugh uh, as well. And it really diffuses. Absolutely. We're talking with uh, Dr. William Irvin, Ph.D. from Wright State University. He's teaching us how to respond to insults, trying to understand better what they are. Um, It's very empowering to know that you don't have to respond. You can actually stoically be a stoic pacifist and just not respond and not enable, not empower the insult to, to give it legs to run. We're going to come back. You're listening to the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. KBYU FM HD2 Provo. Whether it's the big picture or the minute details, Marcus Smith loves to discuss anything and everything about the world around us. We're always talking about the big picture. The big picture is good to see. But I suspect that where we are lacking is in our capacity and our appetite to think about the smallest things. Start your day off with Marcus Smith on The Morning Show, weekdays at 7 a.m. Eastern, only on BYU Radio. This is Sam McCall for BYU Radio News. A strike by Western nations on Syria will now be delayed at least until United Nations investigators conclude their efforts to find out who exactly launched a chemical weapons attack on civilian targets last week. Meanwhile, British lawmakers have voted down a symbolic vote on a military intervention despite support for the measure from British Prime Minister David Cameron. A new report from the Washington Post based on information from now fugitive whistleblower Edward Snowden details the U.S. government's $50 billion so-called black budget for the nation's 16 separate intelligence agencies. The CIA gets the largest amount at $14.7 billion for the year. Attorney General Eric Holder announced today the Justice Department is not going to try and block Washington State and Colorado from legalizing marijuana for recreational use. The new guidelines urge federal prosecutors to focus on large-scale operations. The NFL announced today they plan to pay a total of $765 million over several decades to the 4,500 plaintiffs who accused the league of the dangerous hiding, excuse me, hiding the dangerous effects of concussions. The settlement goes to the players, many of whom are now suffering from dementia and other health problems. Fast food workers in 60 cities across the nation walked off the job today demanding $15 per hour and the right to organize into an official union. The move is the latest in a now year-long campaign for higher wages in the service industry. The Internal Revenue Service announced today a decision to allow legally married same-sex couples to file joint tax returns regardless of their state of residence. Couples will also be allowed to amend returns for previous years. The 4,000 firefighters battling the massive California blaze in and around Yosemite National Park are now being joined by a Predator drone. The drone will fly 22-hour surveillance missions, the longest ever attempted by a drone fighting a fire. That's the news to the top of the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall.
Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about insults and not, uh, you missed, if you missed the very beginning of the show, we we went down old insult lane and uh, Skyboy and I threw together a tirade for a little while. I just want to apologize, Sky. I don't think you're as jacked up as you seem. Thanks, Matt. Oh, I threw, I threw another one in there just like that. Did you see me? I did. I I apologize, but I said I don't think you're the, as jacked up as uh, yeah, you appear. Yeah, no, I got it. Seem. It's like that's the backhanded. Compliment. It was the backhanded one. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's like when I said I don't care what other people say, Matt. You're you're kind of nice. Yeah, yeah. I guess mine was rude, and yours was yeah. Yours was backhanded, nice. Yeah. I'm just curious, Matt. Whenever you come back, you say, "Welcome back, friends," mm-hmm. to the Matt Townsend. That's show? my mom, my wife. And two of my six kids that listen. Okay. Because, yeah, I, I didn't I, know. Ca- I call them friends because I can't – I mean, I guess they're family. Uh-huh. But I, I want to say friends. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've always just been curious about yeah, that. Yeah. Because I, I know – Yeah, you, you don't really – Yeah, okay. Listening. Or you don't really have friends either, so. Oh, well, yeah. Good yeah, point there. Yeah. Okay, so we're back at it, um, insulting each other. Apparently, Skyboy hasn't learned from our wonderful guest that you're not supposed to do this. Rude. Our guest is Dr. William B. Irvin – uh, he's a professor of philosophy at Wright State University in Dayton, Ohio. He has a PhD in philosophy from UCLA. He describes himself as a 21st century Stoic. Among the books he has written are A Guide to the Good Life, The Ancient Art of, of Stoic Joy, and more recently, A Slap in the Face, Why Insults Hurt and Why They Shouldn't, which both books come from Oxford University Press. You can find those books at WilliamBIrvine.com, WilliamBIrvine, I-R-V-I-N-E.com. Go check out the books, really. And, he, and he's got two or three others that are just, they look very, very interesting. Uh, Dr. Irvin, thanks again for uh, being here this last segment with us. We so appreciate you. Oh, glad to be here. Uh, I'm developing uh, a, a real sympathy for Skyboy, by you, the way. Are you? Yeah. Are you, are you starting to feel an affinity Thank with him? Thank you. Did you hear his backhanded comment coming back to me? Yeah, but it was coming back at you. You started it, in uh, my opinion. You know, actually, nobody knows again what happened in between the, I know, on the I break. Know, I know. You're right. I'm bad. All right. Okay, we fixed it. Okay. Um, so, Dr. Irvin, help us with this, because your book has a really um, a cool name, A Slap in the Face, Why Insults Hurt and Why They Shouldn't. Now, if somebody you know, insults me, why shouldn't I be hurt? I mean, they were offensive. Um, the hurt is actually uh, self-inflicted hurt to a, a considerable extent. Um, you know what? The person who said something to you is either uh, somebody who is trying to help you in saying that or somebody who is trying to hurt you. If they're trying to hurt you, um, there's a sense in which you shouldn't care what a hurtful individual says. You know, there are a lot of people whose opinion about you, you should try to become indifferent to because they have wildly different values. Right, or, or they're hurting, or they're broken, or they have their own issues. So that's why you shouldn't care if they're intentionally trying to hurt you. Right, and, and you know, if somebody else that you take to be a mentor... Suppose you decide that you want to take banjo lessons, mm-hmm. and suppose your b- banjo instructor, uh, you know, tries to teach you one thing and listens, and finally says, "You know, I, I just, you're just awful. I think we can work on it, but you're just awful." Well, that teacher, that's precisely what you paid right. to do. 
So, you know, you shouldn't sort of say, well, I'm going to feel all insulted because that's his job. If he's my mentor, that's his job. Um, and one kind of other wrinkle on that, and that is when an enemy, when a declared enemy insults you, instead of just dismissing the insult or trying to come up with a clever uh, comeback to the insult, you should pause and ask yourself whether the rock that was just thrown at you, um, metaphorically speaking, whether the rock was in fact a diamond. Because, you know, your, your enemies will tell you your shortcomings much quicker than your friends right. will. Your friends will protect you from yourself, but your enemies won't do that. So there's actually something to be learned from their insults. It's, it's actually fascinating because they may be telling you where you're weak, and it could be the diamond you need to make the changes. Yep. Hmm. That's actually – but again, I guess this also takes that we're not – this assumes that we're not already caught up in the emotional reaction to the insult. Right. And uh, the Stoic philosophers said, you know, not only should you be uh, uh, an insult pacifist, and that is look on the outside as if you're indifferent to what was just said, but internally you should uh, try to change yourself so that internally you're also indifferent to what was oh, yeah. just said. And they said the best way to do that is to uh, change your values. Okay, explain that. And, and do a little history review with this on a Stoic philosopher. Okay, Stoic philosophers were, were people like Seneca, Marcus Aurelius. Uh, unless you're an, a very unusual person, everything you think you know about Stoics, uh, everything you think you know is wrong. <laughs> um, so people think they just walked around these wooden figures, you know, uh, absolutely unemotional. Um, but I argue in the book, uh, my book, A Guide to the Good Life, that in fact they were uh, not that way at all. They mm. had nothing against uh, experiencing joy. Uh, they took great delight uh, in the lives they were, were living. Uh, but they were very interested in this whole question of trying to maintain their tranquility. And so they took a deep interest in insults as a result because they knew that when something sets you off during the day, it's probably something another human being said or did. Yeah. And um, they figured out that, uh, you know, this whole social hierarchy game where we kind of fight for points in the game by putting other people down, by, by counterattacking when they try to put us down, that it's a pointless game. Uh, it's a game that can't be won, and even if it could, it's not worth living. So they withdraw from the social hierarchy game. There are some people that they care, uh, you know, what, what the, those people think about them, and those are people who are their designated mentors. And then other people, they kind of realize, you know, they're, they're just playing this silly game. Hmm. Um, and it's a game I, I don't want to play. So, you know, it's, it's like being, if you're sitting in the park and just sitting there minding your own business and somebody comes up and touches you and says, tag, you're it. <laughs> You know what? If you're not playing the game, it's like, hey, you know, sorry, not playing. <laughs> I'm not in this uh, game. And insults can be that same way. If yeah, you have the right frame of mind. It's really fascinating because um, when you when you take the philosophy of trying to, I guess, um, find peace and be in a state of peace, not not caught up in the emotion of others or the emotion of your own mind, um, it really is something that our society's crying for today. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, people, 
Um, many people live uh, unhappy lives, and in most cases, the unhappiness is self-inflicted. Um, you know, they're they're playing a game that can't be won, which is which is tragic. Uh, and yet, it's the obvious game to play, and it's the game everyone is playing. Yeah, everyone's on that game, and yep. uh, and apparently, I mean, even the idea of social hierarchy, you can say. Okay, I'm not going to participate in the backbiting of the boss, even though um, it might, you know, prom- get me promoted. The problem with it, like you talked about earlier, is there's still this this kind of scream from your DNA that's like, oh yeah, no, participate. Yeah, you yeah. ought to participate in this. You yeah. kind of, you kind yeah. of have this. You're being drawn to it almost naturally. Yeah. So you have these these uh, psychological tricks: uh, insult, pacifism, self-deprecating humor. Where you're doing your best to uh, to put to uh, you know throw water on those feelings early on. The Stoics said that we're part God and part animal, and the the key to a good life is to have the godly portion reign over the animal portion. Hmm. So you know that means uh, developing self-control, uh, learning what anger is, learning how to deal with anger. Because um, otherwise you're going to be an animal, and yeah. you're going to respond to things uh, on that level. Well, and you, and then, and then you have to feel the shame of having just overreacted to someone's insult, which actually seems to fuel it and give more attention to it, and and almost you know uh, invigorate it. Yeah, as a, as a Stoic, one thing you you routinely do is you replay old conversations and reread old emails, just trying to. Figure out what you can learn about yourself and your own approach to life uh, from that, and and there really are moments where you feel ashamed of yourself. You realize that you said something in a certain conversation, and the reason you said it was to make the other person feel bad. Uh, you may not have realized it real time mm-hmm. when you said it, but you reflect back, and and that's the only explanation you can come up with. And I guess it it, it may not matter. Um... In the long scheme of things, if we always get it real time, as long as we're getting it sometime, right? right. So, uh, so you, you at first you're like a recovering alcoholic, right? There, there will be backsliding. You will catch yourself uh, re- reverting to old habits. But I think that with uh, uh, you know extended period of thoughtful practice, you can get better and better. Never perfect. Oh yeah, but better. So we have we have billions of years of evolution pushing you to do something and to think you could overcome it in uh, in a few weeks' time uh, or even in what's left of a lifetime right. uh, is is a bit much. But but you can make real progress. It's uh, it's so interesting because in my coaching practice, um, I have couples coming in all the time, people coming in all the time, and every one of them have the story of the insult, you know, of somebody that's offended them and and insulted them. And the idea that they could just kind of do stoic pacifism and just not respond yeah. to the emotion and actually take yourself out of the game. It's almost – it's so foreign to them. Like they, they want the story to be no, but my husband was rude. Did you hear what he said? This is what he said. Right. And you, and you try to instill in them this idea. Right. And you're an agent and you're a choice point here. You can make a choice to be – you know, go to the godly side of you or go to the animal side of you. Why do you keep choosing the animal? But they they just don't either see it, or I yep. guess they're responding to that natural side. Yeah, what they do is the obvious thing to do, uh, but it's the wrong thing to do. Mm-hmm. And and here's the suggestion. 
try the alternative. Try, um, you know, try insult pacifism. Try self-deprecating humor. It'll cost you nothing to try. And you know what? You might be pleasantly surprised. You know what? Teach me where this fits in, um, the idea of asking what's true. I mean, it seems like a lot of these insults, even like you're talking about from our enemies, are going to be diamonds of truth. Um, is this is this the stoic pacifism to identify what's true in what they're saying? You uh, you listen to what other people say, uh, usually end up discarding it, realizing yeah. that they're playing a game that I've stopped playing, and that explains why they're doing that, and I shouldn't read too much into that. But you listen before you discard, because uh, other people will tell you some very important things yeah. about yourself. Uh, and uh, so if you're interested in self-development and learning about yourself, it's, it, it pays to listen. You know what I love about this? Because I'm a, a kind of a big human development guy, studied it a lot. But tell me, um, you're, I mean, this is philosophy. Seneca, Marcus Aurelius, these aren't, this isn't new thought. So it's no, almost like is... we are so slow. We, are, we we really are. This is 2,000-year-old uh, thought, and the, the, the striking thing to me when I started exploring Stoicism, you know, in a low, first it was just a research project, and then I started trying their advice, and much to my amazement, it, it worked. It seemed yeah. like very good advice, not just about ins, insults, but about many aspects of, of daily life. Uh, so, so they nailed it, yeah. and uh, yet it, it's counterintuitive. Uh, but it works. No, it does. Is this so? If we if we want to get a little bit more into the stoicism, um, that's where we go to the book, a guide to a good life, to the good life, the ancient art of stoic joy. Yes, and that's my. Uh, uh, it, it is written for people who know nothing about stoicism, who have never taken a philosophy uh, course, and it's my attempt to make stoicism understandable. That's great uh, to those individuals. Okay, answer one more question for us on the way out. We've got about a minute here. Um, so here we are. Uh, you're uh, an accomplished professor of philosophy, but you can also see that you've taken what you've learned to your personal life and your family. What, what, what's one of your greatest takeaways? What, what have you learned personally that's most impacted you on a personal level about – insults and and taking an insult what's the most what's the great lesson you've had it's actually uh the the reverse side of that the biggest single thing uh and so stoics also had an interest in praise and how we respond to praise i discovered that i'm a praise junkie right, like an uh, addict almost anybody can say almost anything kind of nice about me and i just get this warm glow inside <laughs> But that's something that the Stoics said you had to be very, uh, very careful with because they're going to praise you for sharing their values. And so you always have to ask yourself, that's are their values correct? Oh, um, that's powerful. Yeah. So, I mean, it's the it's flip side. It's just uh, as inebriating as the put-down could offend. The, pra- yeah. the praising could, you know, you know it boost your ego. Yep, and and so there's the flip side of of insult pacifism, and it's praise pacifism. Oh wow! That when somebody praises you, you know, you say, "Well, gee, thanks," and then you kind of carry on as if nothing had happened, and and you pause to consider where maybe there's a grain of truth in the praise, but yeah. uh, don't read too much into it. Love it. Okay, Doctor Irvin, we've got to have you back. So we're gonna go scour your website and find some more killer topics because we're learning a lot. Appreciate it. Right. And I think I love Skylar now. 
Oh, good, good. Yeah, give him a big hug. I will. We're friends now. All right, good. We're friends. Dr. Uh, William Irvin, Ph.D., go check him out at his website, williambirvine.com, and go get those books, A Guide to the Good Life, The Ancient Art of Stoic Joy, and A Slap in the Face, Why Insults Hurt and Why They Shouldn't. We're learning. We're learning how to uh, manage insults of life. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. You thought your baking soda model volcano was a great science fair demonstration. This young man invented an instant healing gel before he graduated college. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. Science fiction often inspires or forecasts the invention of new technologies. And Joe Landolina may have created the real-life version of a sci-fi instant healing spray, as seen in shows like Star Trek or video games like Mass Effect. Joe's invention, called Vetagel, instantly stops even major bleeding the second it hits a wound. Then it goes on to immediately begin the healing process. The gel's active ingredient is a synthetic version of a skin component called the extracellular matrix, which holds your skin cells together. Fragments of ECM in the gel instantly bind and align with their neighbors in a bleeding wound, sealing the injury without needing to apply pressure. The gel isn't just a super glue for wounds. It also activates actual healing through blood components called factor 12 and the platelet cells. The gel acts like real flesh and the body seems to accept and incorporate it as it heals. He hasn't finished getting his college degrees yet, but Joe's gel looks like it has applications from healing boo-boos on the playground to surgery on the battleground and even helping heal bed sores in the elderly. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Take a lesson on parenting from world-traveling family coaches Richard and Linda Iyer. The key, I think, is finding the balance between avoiding that overprotectiveness but never, never being, I guess, what we could call an ostrich parent where you got your head in the sand. Iyer's on the Road will be airing on Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern and Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern starting September 1st. Welcome back, my friends. We're wrapping up the show on insults. Even as we speak about it, Skyler's, uh, uh, what do you call that? Rolling your eyes. You're rolling your eyes. Like it was the friends years. thing again. That's I know. Cool. Yeah. But you don't roll your eyes because that's an insult. Did you not? I'm sorry. See, I'm telling you, if if Bill Irvin was listening, because we made up in the last block, and now we're not friends again. It's okay. I'll, I'll learn to be the bigger, better, well, maybe not bigger, but... <laughs> oh my heavens! You just keep coming. I've unleashed a monster here. <laughs> you just keep coming. I am going to miss you when we let you go. Good job down by the river. Uh, okay, so we're going to go to Colonel Sanders. You want to go to the internet? And let's go to the questions? internet and let's see what they're asking. Now, I bet there's a lot of people that have been insulted on the internet. There have been, and by people they know. <laughs> That's the worst kind. For instance, how would you like to go, you know, in this case, like this uh, woman who writes in, go on, goes onto her Facebook and finds that her husband is putting kind of insulting stuff in status updates about her. Really? 
you know, like, oh, she's wigging out again about blah, blah, blah. And he'll post that on there. Mm. Um, at times, as they've gotten <laughs> blah, on blah, the rocks, they, they even discuss divorce, and then she'll go on and find a Facebook update of, yeah, so she's talking about wanting to get divorced again. Whoa. She's saying, well, wait a minute now. A lot of this stuff should be kind of private. That's kind of insulting to be trashing yeah. on me and uh, blaming me for everything. Well, you know what's interesting about that is she should know by now not to say anything anymore. <laughs> like, why is she still talking? Well, that and that's what's kind of scary is you get down to the bottom uh, updates of what she decided to do. It says, well, he got home from work. I decided it was best just not to talk to him. He had to get up at six anyway, so I just stayed up late and didn't say anything. And so we ended up not yeah. talking the whole night. So one of the rules of communication is, you know, if we can't talk it out, it's going to come out some other way. So this is probably just the guy passive aggressively, I guess, sneaking out his feelings, surfacing stuff, but he's doing it on the Facebook on Facebook. By the way, not a great way to do it. So it's it's an obvious sign they don't communicate very well. One of the rules again in your relationships is if you're not going to choose to communicate it out, then um, there's there's always Facebook. But the problem is, I, if I were her, I'd probably go address it. And I'd say, look, this this Facebook update, this update, this update, these things hurt me. That hurts me. And it, it just seems like to me you're trying to are, – are you trying to hurt me? What are you trying to do? And um, just get more information. Uh, that's all I'd say about that one. Oop, boom, an angel just got wings. Now, what about in real life? Uh, in this case, uh, this woman writes in to say her boyfriend is always – joke insulting her yeah but it's a lot of comments like why are you so stupid why do i have to do all the thinking for the two of us and so when she confronts him on it wondering whether she's being hypersensitive or whether uh, it's his fault she he just says hey you know i love you you're just taking it the wrong way i'm totally joking okay you know i i think no one better to handle this one than our own sky boy uh, so I'm going to just toss this one right over to Sky Boy. And Sky, why don't you give some great advice to this wonderful couple? Could you maybe repeat the question? <laughs> I was uh, getting well, ready for the next show. Actually, so. no, you weren't. You were just standing there and you were listening. Um, yeah, it's just – I just want you that's, to answer. That's the, that's the wrong question. Here, I'll hand. Uh, okay, <laughs> I'll Sky. Hand. Do you see? You're not even listening. I'm doing I'll my job over question. here. This is your job. That, yeah. that way you answer the correct question. Oh, okay. So, can you just can you just summarize? Okay, one more time. You're not listening. I'm I'm doing my part of the show. Actually, you weren't. I was watching because you were actually just (laughs) dancing back and forth, (laughs) or whatever you were doing. So, is she just being sensitive, or is okay? The guy just let me shoot straight. I think the guy's kind of a jerk. Not to be rude, hardly know. That's what I I was going to say. Yeah, Yeah. and um, so. She, I, I don't know that it's just sensitive, but this is the deal with a relationship. If you want a relationship to work, we have to relate. And for some odd reason, if she keeps feeling insulted and he never notices that he's insulting her, then somebody's not in the relationship. Uh, either she, I guess, isn't sen- – maybe she's sensitive, but maybe not communicating directly enough. If we are tired of an insult, which is exactly what we were just learning – from um, Dr. Bill Irvin, we can be as tired as you want to be. And so some approaches you could do is take it with a grain of salt, be a little self-deprecating, laugh at yourself a little bit. You could be kind of a stoic pacifist, which is more just don't don't go with the energy of it. 
I mean, he's apparently using it as a joke. Um, maybe what he's used to doing, interestingly, is just kind of the manly idea of the tease is how he's trying to help build the relationship. And we've, we've joked about this a lot on the show. But, you know, when we were young kids, sometimes we would tease the girl by pulling her hair and chasing her around the tree and pushing her down. And that was that meant we liked you. I had a girl. I was watching my son in like second grade and a girl was literally terrorizing the boy. He would come up to me just with like fear in his eyes, like, get me away from her death. And um, the mom's just laughing at everything as she's taking my son to the ground. And she basically, uh, she likes your son. And I'm like, well, it's a funny way to show it. You're hurting my boy. <laughs> Sometimes we may not notice that our little insults and our teasing, it's not being noted. It's not being appreciated. Okay, like Sky and I. Sky. I haven't appreciated how rude you've been. That's why I threw it to you and just said, why don't you handle this one? And see. You, Is that why you did that? Yeah. You were totally. Did you notice? That's why we're notice. a team. I need you to hit the buttons and I'll answer the questions. Okay. And nobody needs to die. All right. The Matt Townsend Show. That's just a, another angel getting their wings. A little quote for you here. Um by Napoleon, and I forgot the quote. Here's, here's a quote by Teilhard de Chardin, which goes exactly with what we learned earlier. We are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. Just because you're a human and you can offend doesn't mean you should. we got to get a little bit more in tune to the spiritual side of our lives. Maybe start noticing when we're hurting people. Back it down a little bit and be less offended by those that hurt. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio.